1: Hello everyone and welcome to Straight White Whale, this is episode 92, Um, I hope you've never caught the end of that conversation because I was talking about fluffing, (laughs) (laughs) it's very good to be back in the studio today, this is Friday, that was a belter of a tune, Um, I Need To Feel Loved takes me back to my love heart days.
2: You're getting right into your dance music mate, your EDM. In my EDM era.
1: We're getting a lot of comments from punters saying good tune choice, so I'm just taking it as it comes. It'll be Harpo Marks playing the fucking flute next week, <laughs> so enjoy the tunes while they're lasting. We're going to do an ad read. Paul, my friend, is going to do it, and yeah, I'm not allowed to do it, so Paul can do it.
2: <laughs> You're banned for doing it. Even though, like what I mentioned in the last podcast, we did get people mentioning your radio-style ad, Yeah. Um, you should be doing ads for... Uh, call Robert for <laughs> Clyde One. You ever listened to like, the Clyde One ads? Yeah. the oh, fucking, fucking. Hello. Man. Yeah. Call Robert. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, literally, the guy is fucking keeping the the, the lights on um, and keeping the podcast afloat, along with our glorious Patreon subscribers. Yes. We love every single one of these. But the sponsor of this week's podcast has been the sponsor for the last couple of months. Is Arguing Co Legal. And Alan Argue, like James Gardner said on two podcasts, three podcasts ago, what a name for a, a lawyer, Alan Argue. But arguing Co. Legal will assist you with most all legal issues. And if you make an inquiry and they can't help you, they will point you in the right direction to somebody that they can. So you can't ask for any better than that. So please contact them. Their main area of expertise is personal injury claims. I think you need to do that again. I'm going to need to do this again. And the lid came. Okay, five minutes. 34. See when I'm slaughtering you, that's when you know you're in trouble. I know, mate. <laughs> I know. I might just leave it in and expose myself. Personal injury claims. So if you have been in a car accident, injured at work, fallen down a well, or bitten by somebody's pet tiger then please get in touch and they will get you the maximum compensation that you deserve. So the difference between Argue and Legal is they're a local business based in Glasgow, you're speaking to a Glaswegian, and Alan is genuinely amazing. The customer service and their approachability is top-notch. I've used them, it was a seamless process, so you've got my guarantee that you will at least get great customer services. Um, they're Usually cheaper than any other legal firm. They've got multiple funding options, including no win, no fee. Um, and if you tell them that you came for this podcast, you mentioned Straight White Whale, you will get a discount. So contact them on 0141 378 4145. You can get them on their website, which is Argue & Co Legal. That's A-R-G-U-E-A-N-D-C-O dot C-O U-K. Or you can email them at A-A-R at Argue & Co legal. .co.uk and all of the information will be on the screen if you're watching on youtube or patreon if you're on spotify the link is in the description thank you very much alan for your support mate
1: thank you very much paul i mean you're getting slagged for the guy that can't even say film
2: you just say that <laughs> I? I wasn't even that's because i wasn't even thinking about <laughs>
1: yes thank you very much mr argue for argue for helping us um there's there's me slipping up there i no, um, I tell you the difference alan's a good guy you know you'll go in and you'll try to talk to a lot of people and see if they want to get money for you people can be really sneaky and you know sleek it as mama used to S- say sleeker. and alan is a good guy so if you're struggling and you need to help give him a phone and go and and meet them so that's the podcast started thank you very much paul for the ad read we've got a list of subjects here that we're going to talk about and whatever you want to talk about feel free to to
2: talk um but how have you been mate? not too bad um i made uh, i was thinking on the way up to doing the podcast is like Do we just, are are we just making each other unemployable? Or does this podcast make us unemployable? Like if I go for a job in the future and people find this podcast, like I don't think I'm ever getting a job, but um, I made edibles. So that's why, (laughs) like, (laughs) this is why, like, I think my brain is not working. At 11 a.m. on a Friday morning, um, I decided to make edible brownies on Sunday Mm-hmm. maybe Monday. And uh, we so we, we made, I think we made 12 brownies. We took one of the wee ones we are like, we'll test it. And Sharon was like, should we eat a full brownie? And I was like, mum, we eat half a brownie. And thank God we ate half a brownie, mate, because <laughs> see, about an, an hour and a half later, I felt like I was coming up on an ekkie. <laughs> it was so strong. Once, we, once I get out of that, it was just, absolute death by edible literally mm-hmm. like a pure uh, uh but um that's why i think my head's mush i had a wee quarter one last night which was really mellow and i was like right this is mellow than the the uh, rocket fuel that i fucking took on uh, mon- sunday or monday but i think i've got a wee bit of stone over cabbage uh, your box uh, <laughs> <laughs> Start to crave like pot
1: noodles and that. Oh, I'm getting a pot noodle for my dinner tonight. Not even twelve
2: o'clock t- yet. Start thinking about stuff like I start start to get that sort of existential sort of stuff where you're like sort of like see see like uh, Rishi Sunak, right? He's just a guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a mad guy. <laughs> see that like, that type of thinking starts to come in when you just sit and you get like. <gasps> Like the world's all fake man yeah mm,
1: like that when you can't sleep and it's 4am and all that shit pops into your head my ma bought me trainers for the catalogue when I was 7 and I was
2: ungrateful
1: <laughs>
2: phoning your ma it's literally like you turn into Dee Dee for a show didn't you you literally like phoning your ma and you're like going to tell us I'm alright <laughs> aye like it's 3 in the morning on a Tuesday what have you been doing like Taking edibles, right, but just tell us, see when I was a wee guy, and you bought me my Game Boy, did I say thank you? <laughs> <laughs> Talking about
1: edibles and stuff, I went up to Paul's house last week and we got a munch, is it alright if I shared this? Aye, of course. Because I think it I think it happened, maybe it was just the, what's it called when you take a sugar cube and you think it's an ecky and you're mad with it? Placebo effect? Aye, it uh, might have been that, right? Or a, a contact high that's what i think it was i was sitting in paul's we were filming a couple of tiktoks and paul had a couple of joints and we were we were watching the football and uh i noticed like 25 30 minutes in i was gibbering shite and also like fucking hell i could go for a kip here (laughs) like proper fighting asleep (laughs) and then like paul was gigging that night he was filming stand up and I had to leave and I was like fucking sparkled walking to the door. And see when I was walking home for pulses, I took a wrong turn or oh, did you <laughs> so it took us like an extra hour to get home. I was stopping for <laughs> fucking bottles of water and all that. I actually did feel baked we just
2: sitting beside you. My cat fucking jumped up and you were like
1: Oh this is me can um, I marry your cat? I was dead cozy I that. like a pillow with a heartbeat <laughs>
2: <laughs> my cat's like, leave me alone Like, Gloria, leave me alone Aye
1: Did I tell, I think I've said this on the podcast before Well, we won't, no nee wonder we don't get fucking gigs I was in a, <laughs> a flat years ago with my pals And there was a an older guy there that was like Have you ever had a Jaffa? I, I have said this on the podcast, I'll say it again, fuck it They were all smoking I've never ever took to grass or weed No I've never been able to handle it, ever Right my like entire life
2: paranoia or whatever or just
1: extreme paranoia also like drawn out my nut like instantly out my nut mm-hmm. spewing gone green it's just never been for me and I was at this house party and this cunt was like have you ever had a Jaffa and I was like what's a Jaffa and he's like ah it's a blowback for a Jaffa cake box and he <laughs> What? He cut a hole in a Jaffa cake box, mate. Empty? What, an empty Jaffa cake box? And he put like a joint at the end of it. And I was literally (laughs) out of Jaffa cake box and they all just burst out laughing. And I get called Jaffa for like a year. Uh, But my leg. So were
2: they taking the piss? Aye. Oh, okay. Aye, they were taking the piss.
1: But I remember leaning up against a wall in the living room after it and my fucking my legs just buckled. And I was (laughs) sick. I was sitting on the carpet like that. In the autumn room. I'll be fair, they cared about that. They were like, are you all right? Aye,
2: of course. And so. I was like,
1: aye, aye. Like, did your legs just buckle? No, nah, no. Nah. And they were like, you you need your bed, you cunt. And he fucking lifted us oh, up and man. actually, he actually carried me into a room. <laughs> like, like the wed, like a fucking bride going through a door. Uh-huh. And he's like, you root your box, me, man. And I was like, aye, aye. And he's like, in your bed, man. I was like, cheers, pal. And he's like, I'm still going to call you Jaffa for the fucking next nine year. So you've been all right then? (laughs) Apart (laughs) from getting out your box and drugs, how dare
2: you? Uh, What? Drugs? Drugs are from mugs.
1: It's no drugs, it's chocolate.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is technically. It's a chocolate brownie.
1: Are you one of the people? uh, What about coffee? Coffee's drugs in it? Give you another
2: one. (laughs) (laughs) I, I'm one of the people 100% yeah but I've never I don't think I've ever had see I've seen people not be able to handle weed but I've never I've never ever been like that mm-hmm. I've freaked out like I've had bad I've had bad on yeah. like remember one time and uh, I might have told us in the podcast before but such as podcasting eh just talk just repeat yourself over and over again but um, I had Six years of school, I was buying what what used to be a deal. I remember, do you remember? Well, you no, you didn't smoke cash, did you? But it nah. used to get a deal, it was like eight quid, it was like an eight quid bit of hash, and it was like a wee triangle you would get wrapped in clingy. Hmm. Uh, and I was buying a deal off a guy that his brother was like not a drug dealer but punted hash. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and um he was handing it out to me in the common room, and a teacher came in and I just gubbed it. Oh my god, and was like, he was like, the teacher left, whatever, and he was like, fucking hell, man, like, you gotta be all right. And I'm like, what's it gonna do? And about psh, two hours later, man, I couldn't feel my tongue, like, I couldn't feel my lips. <laughs> was sitting in art, like, pure, and just, so like, my teachers had just, they just got like a Mac, mm-hmm. and they had a webcam. This is like fucking 2000, like 2001 or something like would got a webcam, he took this photo of himself, like this. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like just these big he on the MacBook eh, on, the, on the the Mac It was like, uh, remember the ones that, uh, no it wasn't I don't think it was one of the coloured bubble ones I think it was just like a a Mac yeah. you know what I mean like a G like one of the the first ever like sort of iMacs and uh, it was just we all walked into this art class yeah shat it there as the post came through the door see Um and it was just his he'd and I just like sat down was just like ah phew. Like pure sparkled, started pure howling with laughter. Nobody knew what I was laughing at. Was just <laughs> laughing at this cunt's face and this computer screen, and then started getting paranoid because I couldn't feel my lips on my tongue, and just stood up and left. And the teacher was pure shouting, like "Where are you got you now? Like trying to get me into trouble." Just walked out of school, walked home, walked in the house, went to bed, woke up about four hours later, still pure stoned at my nut. So that's the only time I've really had, like, a badging. Other than when you mix it with alcohol. Like, that's just a, a recipe for disaster. Yeah. See, so when you go and you get steaming. Yeah. I think the saying's... Uh, smoke and drink. Smoke, then drink, it'll make you think. Drink, then smoke, it'll make you boke. And see me. if it rhymes. It means it's 100% true. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've never been...
1: I mean, I'm sure, as a therapist, you probably know about this, but... I've had a couple of draws when I was younger. Like, I've walked home through hussies and I've heard whispers in my head, met We weed. Like, I have a very, very bad reaction to weed. Like, almost abnormal. Aye,
2: almost like psychosis. Aye. Like, Cannabis and just psychosis. I
1: think people are talking about me. I feel unwell. Like, it's never been good. I've never felt nice or... Like even when I went to Amsterdam years ago and they were like, This is a good stuff for a shop and I'm, two draws and I'm like, Oh my god. Went back to the hotel and had a thirteen year kip. Actually get carried back to the hotel with my two pals. <laughs> I think it was a cunt with the Jaffa cake box. He's like, <laughs> No again, man, fuck's <laughs> sake. Thirteen year kip woke up the next day with a white tongue, like I I just I just
2: <laughs> sure, carpet tongue man, the drift. Thank God I'm sober. The dreaded drift. I'm Carly Sober Aye I'm not really Because I am not Guinness So I'm not <laughs> pure bullshit
1: Cali Sober Guinness Weed A wee bit of speed Now and again It's <laughs> fucking brilliant Aye <laughs> eight,
2: Complete eight, sobriety Eight years in December mm-hmm. Apart from last Saturday Aye Apart from <laughs> Aye
1: When I was in a hot box with you
2: <laughs> And my cats Mhm. <clears throat> Look at the fucking eyebrows man No bad eh? What would they say in the scheme? Fucking Beasles? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> they painted on you, Um, You want me to talk about my week?
2: Well, let's go for it. How have you been, mate? Aye.
1: I've been alright. I've had a couple of things happen to me that I feel like I should probably bring up in the podcast. Some good things and some interesting things. So Let's hear it. Right, I'll go with the first one that's pretty... I've, I did a TikTok about it and it's had 100,000 views, right? So that's pretty big. Uh-huh. So I'll talk about that.
2: Is that a serious TikTok? Yes. Wasn't you doing a character or was. Okay? No.
1: I mean, there's still cunts putting laughing emojis under it, but like, that's your fucking belter, mate. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm talking about uh, ending my life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell. No, last friday we were in the podcast studio with david mcintosh yep lovely podcast then straight after that i went and gave a a talk at a charity called who cares scotland and they are a care charity for people that have been adopted and all that stuff but there's so much more to that charity than just adoption like there's forms the adoption Uh uh-huh so i went there And I basically talked about my life and talked about comedy and I've never done anything like that before. So I just kind of spoke for the heart and I said to David, why don't you come? And David sat in and it was amazing, mate. It was good for the fucking soul. So what did they do, the charity? Um, To the people that I was given a talk to was to most people that were in care or have been adopted. Right. So I think a lot of it's got to do with like mental health and trauma and uh-huh. all that stuff. Right, okay. Cause I would imagine through being adopted there would be a lot of ifs, buts and maybes and imposter syndrome and
2: Oh mate, I can't even imagine. I mean, there's there's um Abandonment issues, yeah. and uh, like you're saying, like you put a bunch of wains in a room, like loads of wains, and you know, it's like Lord of the Flies, you know what I mean? Bullying mm-hmm. and just being institutionalized can kind of be a lot of fun. So, I think it causes, I think being in care, being in the, the system like that, I think it causes, like you're saying, a lot of trauma for people, yeah, and, and a lot of stuff that I think people know what, what happens in, in these types of places. It's it, it, and just to. That's just to compound the fact that you, you know what I mean, you're an orphan or like you've, whatever, like, you know, you're, what well, I, I don't know, I'm trying not to just stereotype people that well, yeah. care, you know what I mean? But if you don't get any parents, you don't have a family, you're alone or you're just you and your sister or whatever, that's bad enough. But then you're in an institution and there's loads of wains and there's bullying and there's just so, yeah, uh, it just, it must be really hard to live with that, you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Or even just the that. Na- like, say you get adopted by the perfect family and there's there's nothing wrong with your life and then you find out when you're 17 that you're adopted. I'd imagine that that would still have an impact on of your it your life. It, it, even if fucking Puff Daddy was your dad, What a weird example. I know, P. Daddy. I think I'm still fucking stoned. <laughs> For <laughs> last Saturday. <laughs> imagine doing that P. Daddy, get the family to you. Uh, <laughs>
2: No, but you're right. Like if you, if you know, like that. That's a. That that's a. Again, that's a stereotypical example of like people getting told when they're an adult that actually, like, they were adopted or that they came through the care system or that, you know, like their real parents are, or, or their biological parents. Yeah. So I can imagine that that could be quite traumatic and quite disconcerting. And I so there's like diff- different ways. You're either aware of it or you're. And which would be bad, or you're nowhere, yet, and then you get told when you're later in life, it should make you fucking doubt everything, it? yeah,
1: question everything. So it was good for the soul, though. And I'm actually going to go and give more talks to other charities, mate. I don't know how this has happened. It might be because I'm sober and stuff, but I'm going to give a talk to Hibs next week. The I think it might be the under 23s right. Way back on side. Right. Okay. So I'm going to go and essentially just talk about my mental health and sobriety and all that stuff so i'm gonna you know date because it is it's good for us all i walked away buzzing with david and david was buzzing as well david's a great guy previous episodes what a story he's got but while we were walking home we were cutting through the four corners and you know i was slagging david for having the jumper on the flowery shirt he was like a fucking bullseye man And David was like, fucking Four Corners is mental. And we've seen some horrific stuff down there, mate. See, if you just went down there with a camera on a Friday or Saturday night, you'd just catch something horrific. We've seen a female addict that was having some sort of fit on the pavement outside the Blue Lagoon, just having a spasm fit and just like, all right. And people rushing to help her. Uh, somebody else was getting medical attention and then when we were crossing the road this guy came over straight to David and I was like oh fuck here we go Uh nothing happened though I think he was trying to size us up and David was like this place is mental and I was like Four Corners is a shithole mate and then I walked him I walked David to the train station and then I walked home to get my steps in Do you remember in a podcast last year, I told you that somebody asked me for change Uh and then he followed me him? Uh At that exact same spot, right? Uh And nowhere they I lie, I'm not beefing this up for like, to make the story more interesting. I pulled my phone out and I was WhatsApping David through a a voice note. And I was like, David, what a fucking day that was, man. We'd done a podcast with Paul and it was a belter we done that charity talk, went for a, a munch. Is that not what fucking life is all about? Soon as I put my phone down, mate, this guy just came out of nowhere and was like, you got a light? I was like, oh, here we go. Actually, something happened before it and it made me think, it just made me think, what's happening here? Uh-huh. A female was walking towards us with a dog right. and I looked at her face and her, she looked fucking terrified, and I was like, why is she like that, uh-huh. as I'm sending a voice note, uh-huh. hung the phone up, and this guy, with, I seen him put his suit up, you got a light, I was like, oh sorry mate, I don't have a light, oh for fuck, like instantly just, fuck's sake, I said fourth cunt, I fucking asked for a fucking light, foam, like spraying out his mouth, uh-huh. and I tried to de-escalate it. And I said, I've chucked it, buddy. Sorry. Just trying to fucking be brand new. Uh huh. And he's like, aye, maybe you should chuck your fucking weight then. And instantly I just done that. What was that? Uh huh. And I probably I shouldn't have responded like that. But he's like, aye, what do you want to do? You want to fucking go then, aye? You want a fucking square go? And. The guys, just looking for a fucking fight, aren't they? Looking for a fight. So then I done. But at that point I was like um, I'm ashamed to say that I was like, I'm gonna kill you, you can. <laughs> right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But I didn't lose my temper. But he said enough for me to be like Who are you talking to? Yeah, uh, like back the fuck off. And I thought, look, mate, I'm not looking for a fight. I don't want any trouble. But at that point, he couldn't hear me. He was blackout rage. Uh-huh. So I just started like walking backwards while facing him. But uh-huh. it was really badly lit where we were. So I went in the middle of the road. <laughs> right. I was like, if there's a bus, a car, anything, they need to stop and aye, aye, see the aye. situation. Uh-huh. And I tried to say something, and he was just like, you are a fucking square going in. I, nothing was happening. And I was like, this cunt's going to fucking. Fly attack me here. and uh-huh. I, I've i got my rucksack that I carry everywhere and I literally just stopped talking to him looked him dead in the fucking eyes took my bag off got my keys and put them in between my knuckles and I just kept walking backwards like literally that like <laughs> you know that Irish tattoo <laughs> like I, the, the fine Irish. Irishman I was just like that walking backwards and he was that <laughs> mad it. he was like ah, is that a fucking blade aye you fucking shite back. Drop the blade and let's go. And I just never said anything. And I, I must say, like, see by me, no talking. I think I might have spooked him because I never raised my voice. I didn't even uh-huh. lose my temper. But, like, obviously, inside, I'm fucking.
2: Fight or flight? Aye, of course you are. Aye, of course the adrenaline's pumping.
1: Aye, so then he jumped behind. It was pathetic, mate. I was like, I kind of realised he was all barking nearby because I turned yes. round and he jumped behind a bin. But he was like that near the bin, <laughs> like I wasn't going to see him. And I was like, you're behind a bin, you fucking idiot! And uh, I turn the corner. And he never turned the corner. And then when I go towards my house, there's a wee lane with a bus stop. Uh And this this is what happened when see that guy that asked me change for change, and he followed me. I turned round the corner, went behind the bus stop, and there's a wall. Uh And I went behind that wall, and I literally just like that air the wall, so he wouldn't be able to see me. You're ready to break a neck. Aye, pure camouflage, mate. John Wick. I was just Uh like that air the wall. And I was like, if this cunt turns this corner and goes through this path, I'm going to fucking take his eyeball it. But he never. And I've done that with the guy that asked me for change, and I've done that with the guy that done that on Friday. But I go back to the house, and I was fucking rattling. And I was like, that sums life up, man. Like, what a perfect, absolute perfection day. And then that, right at the end. Well, it doesn't fuck it
2: up, but it, it, like... That's the type of thing where somebody's like, that ruined a good day. That cunt fucking ruined my day there. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And you can let it ruin your day, obviously, and, or you can just be like, what the fuck's going on? But I think, like, I don't know what... Well, we they know what's going on into it. Like, fucking cost of living poverty, like, life, war in fucking Ukraine, like, COVID. Life's just really fuck, fucked up for people, mate. So you're talking about, like, the Four Corners and stuff like that. It is, mate. You you walk through town any night of the week other than a Friday and Saturday and it's eerie. Mm-hmm. And you, you do walk by people and you're like well, I walked by a guy... Like, well, to your story, mate, like, please don't fucking t- take care, protect yourself, take care of yourself. Like, seeing nutters like that walking down the street, don't confront them, man. Like, yeah. just be like, look, mate, you know what I mean? I think you've done the right thing you've you, nothing's happened to you or whatever but i don't be like fucking square going cunts in the middle of this outside <laughs> mate like please like you just you just don't know who they are do you know what i mean yeah. and, and that guy's bark is it sounds like that and most people like that you, you know what i mean and like my dad used to say my, my dad had scheme wisdom we'll say but he used to say stuff like see if somebody shows you the blade they're not going to do anything anyway. it see somebody that puts their horn in their pocket see like that, how many times you seen that like there's a fight about to break out and some can't put he's like mate, my dad would always be like, they're a coward mate they're trying to get you to back off but that type of thing there's different where somebody approaches you because that guy's looking for a confrontation that's no somebody that's you know what I mean, and he's going out there, he's looking for something mm-hmm. and I think what's happened is, is he's realised that you are only going to shite yourself even though like inside you might have been like oh my god, what the fuck, and you've sort of stood up and I think he's been like, oh, wait a minute, you know what I mean? And maybe he wasn't looking for a fight, you know, maybe it's a cry for help, we, I don't know. But um I, like you're saying, like Toon's mental, I was walking down the barras on Sunday and there was a guy just walking along the street just like, any cunt, fucking any cunt. Do you know what I mean? And fucking bring it on, man, fucking. And I was walking down like the opposite side of the street for the bars, and he was right in front of me and my instinct was like cross the road. And then I was just like, no, do you know what? Fuck him. Like, he just... guys clearly know well or whatever. And I go within about four feet of him. See, so that way he, like, clocked me. And he just put his hands down and just waited till I walked past him. And then as I get by him, he was pure, any fucking money. Like, <laughs> so I was just like, as I get by him, I was like, that guy's no well, something. Do you know what I mean? And I wanted to, be like, you're right, mate. But he's he just... I don't know, mate. Like, I think... Well, well, dealing with the aftermath, of a lot of shit. Do you know what I mean? And I yeah. think, like, I genuinely think that people just post lockdowns and COVID, and they just wanted to get back and go on with life. Let's just go on with it. And I don't think people have really took stock of like the potential traumatic experience it could be. You know, getting to see your family being isolated. Mm-hmm. Like, how many people? I mean, like you you managed to go back to like your parents during covid Mm -hmm. spoke about that many times you know good hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve
1: better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter
2: some people would have, I don't know what it would have been like for somebody who doesn't have a job. You know what I mean? Like on the brew, on Universal Credit, in a flat by themselves. Maybe, you know, if you've got a dog or a cat, or whatever. Like actually, I'm not saying this to be funny, you've actually got some company. But if you were by yourself, nay partner, no family, these people exist, no job, yeah. and they would have just been stuck in a house for like eight months. Yeah. I can't even imagine what that would be like. And yeah. then they're just like, let's get back, guys. On you go. And it's like, I, I don't know, man, I think we're living through, like, a madness right now. Like, yeah. I, 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 and I mean, like, that we've spoke about this at length. I mean that on, like, a spectrum. There's people like that guy, like, out looking for a fight. Or maybe even he has asked four people for a light. And maybe the guy thinks, everybody j-, you know what I mean? And everybody just thinks I'm a fucking scumbag and they're no wanting to, you know what I mean? So he actually thinks that you've got a light and you're no giving it and, it, mm-hmm. and it's making them raging. Um, but the, there's also just normal people out there that think that, you know what I mean? They're coming for us. Yeah. Russell Brand, they're coming for us. Yeah. And it's just like a mass psychosis that's happening, man. Yeah, I mate. Mean. And I think there's a lot that goes into it and there's... This is the thing, like, it's not even, like, you could go, you know, previous generations, like, my granny and gran- oh, like, they lived through a world war, you know what I mean? And, like, that would be, I think there's a lot of, sort of, small things chipping away at people, and I think it's having, like, this impact that people are actually, like, really angry and really fragile, and it's ending up with things like that. Or guys walking down the bars like that guy, the guy that i seen walking down the bars, is, like, shout, mate, he looked like 2.4 children, looked yeah. like he could have jumped to a fucking Range Rover. Just a normal guy, dressed normal, walking down the street, offering square, goes to fucking Shadows. Do you know what I mean? And you're like, ah, mate, get help, like, please. Yeah,
1: that's scary. That is scary. And I agree with you, mate. There's a dark, there's a darkness in there. Um, But I t- I'll, I'll tell you how I responded differently to that situation, because if that was the old me, I would be like, my ego's been dented because uh-huh. he talked about my appearance, Yeah. also he challenged me so who, who does he think he is to challenge me, like in any situation I think that's just a normal human in- instinct so the old me would have been like, I should have knocked him out, revenge whatever and then if he said something about my appearance I'd be like, I am a fuck fucking cunt Aye, I'm like ugly, but after- with kicked in. Yep. so I got back to my flat and after the adrenaline warden, I was like projection, alcoholism, I, I would imagine, needs mental health help. And I, I i managed to, like, I'm all right. And I was like, that's a massive change for me. Uh-huh. That's a massive change. But it sparked a couple of things as well. Like, I think you've had him in the podcast studio before. You've done a podcast. He's been on somebody's podcast. His name's David Gilbraith. Okay. He, I think he might have been on... David McIntosh's podcast he has actually right he's an he used to be an MMA fighter and he owns
2: oh aye so he's like David's eh uh, boxing coach yes. aye aye the guy that um well he looks like he used to have ginger hair but he's bald now yes like, sort of built guy yeah aye, he looks like he could fucking run for a brick wall <laughs> yeah right I know he's had about. a couple of fights
1: and stuff he does uh-huh. jiu-jitsu he got in touch he owns a gym in Hall. it's uh-huh. called the New Life Gym aye aye I've been meaning to go mate it's a great gym, mate. He offered me like boxing classes. So I went uh last week and we spoke. What day did you go? What day is it the day? Friday. Uh-huh. I went on Tuesday.
2: Right. And so I've been meaning to go and I day what to go, but it's just try to find a day yeah. that I can fit it in. But sorry, you went up on Tuesday and spoke I'll go with
1: we went. I went, I've still got boxing gloves, I've still got wraps and Do you know, I mean, I do feel healthy and I feel fit, I walk everywhere, I do like 20,000 steps a day, but in terms of sweating, I've not sweated and trained in a long time, and I was like, fuck man, I'm a wee bit nervous and embarrassed about, like, going to this gym, and I did a one-on-one session with him, I did four rounds of the pads, and I felt fucking incredible after it, Mm -hmm. and also, I was, like, surprised at how well I did, like even like posture and like all that stuff i was like i've no really it's no really left me uh-huh. uh so the first two rounds was good Then the last two rounds i was fucking bust. Aye. But, uh i am gonna start training with him keep the training up and
2: i we should go done, mate i should definitely go down i've been meaning to go with david david's been mentioning it to me like um and i've like I, I, I hate to I hate to put it like this, but I've let myself go. But it's no being because it, there's
1: that's a dog, barking, a dog barking. Just in case, I've got the
2: door open to like a bit of air and it gets really stuffy in here. But um, I've not let myself go. It's not like I've I've definitely no. It's been purposeful. See when like when I worked a ninety five, uh. I'd been in the gym every day. Do you know what I mean? And, like, working out. I, I know the value of, like, working out. But see, now, you own a business. And you, my, I don't have a, a routine. I think that's the biggest problem. Mm-hmm. Is, is that there's no routine. Some days I start at 11 in here. Some days I start at 2. Sometimes I'm in here until 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock. Sometimes I'm in until 10, 11. Yeah. So I don't have, like, that routine. And it's really... But I, I need to... I want to find something. And the idea of, like, going to the gym... See, like, it's weird... You'll know this yourself. When you come out of the madness of doing something like going to the gym and lifting weights every day, and you come out of that and you sort of realise, like, why was I doing that? And then you start to realise, oh, it's all about how I look. It's got nothing to do with health or like how I feel. It's all about how I want to look good. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It, I find it very hard to actually motivate myself to do that anymore. But I know that if I find something, specific that i enjoy and i know i enjoy kickboxing i know i enjoy jujitsu so if i day they things it will keep me fit but like you you know i walk for like I know and a half tours a day yeah. just to keep myself and i can, I can I, like you're saying there's a, a level of fitness there when you do that but i really want to get back um to, to to like doing something like that so we'll definitely talk about that but yeah mate, like- what was what, what was the was you were you talking to him about what happened or <sighs>
1: Yeah, because he seen the video and he reached out, and I think he does a lot of kind of mental health stuff, so he's like, you handled it perfectly, you walked away from the situation, never fight and that stuff, but he was like, totally like, good on you, and then I did the pads, because I told him I trained with Nathaniel, my cousin that's a boxer, and he's like, you've not really lost your, you know, you've. I can see that you've trained, i can tell that you've done training before uh-huh and i was like that oh, well that's nice because i did put a lot of work into that but see the feeling of like wearing a gray t-shirt and then it being covered in sweat uh-huh. and then taking it off and like wiping your body down. i was like i've missed that that fucking bust feeling uh-huh uh but it was good mate so you're you're welcome to come with me anytime and David was brand new. So the next time somebody asks me for a light, I'm going to fucking KV's voice box in. So there we go.
2: <laughs> I was talking to somebody about this the other day, um, like what he's saying, like that, just walk away and, and stuff like that. And I, I was telling them that basically, like, I, you know, a few years ago, I had a bit of a ding dong with somebody on Twitter, somebody that everybody knows, but, you know, no mentioned names. and. It was like, um, I was just basically saying that I said to them at Twitter, like, don't fucking speak to me like that. And they were like, sort of like having a laugh, like, oh, I, Like, fucking, my philosophy in life is, basically, I think, you know, it might seem a bit fucking cheesy, it might seem a bit corny or a bit woo, but I, I think that we live in a really fucking dysfunctional world and that we need to learn how to love each other. We're living in this like like so, you know. The Scottish government have got, managed to get through the uh, the the High Court a trial for safe consumption rooms for heroin addicts in Glasgow. Uh harm for me, harm reduction is definitely the way forward. Decriminalisation is definitely the way forward. A will... At this point in time, they do convince me otherwise. I've read all the studies and blah blah blah, and it's no perfect, but it's better than the war on drugs, right? And the, yeah. which is basically a war on trauma because people that are addicts are traumatised hundred percent, right? So, um, Rishi Sunak comes out and is basically like, "I don't, I don't think it will work," and I'm like, "Why does he not think it will work?" And it's because they hate people that like upper class people think they're better than addicts, and that's just ego and negativity. I don't think this'll work. Uh, basically, he hopes it doesn't fucking work, yeah. but every study in the world that's trialled this will tell you it will fucking work. Mm-hmm. So he's ignoring the science. He, his ego is so inflated that he thinks he knows better than human trials. Actual peer-reviewed human trials on on a subject, he thinks he knows better because what he just believes it. I believe yeah. that that won't work right. They don't know why people take drugs. They're ignorant. That's that's just. I think that's just a fact, right? And I think that politics is full of hate. And yeah. the political spectrum—people like Donald Trump, Boris Johnson—you know, get Brexit done, stop the boats, make America great again. It's all about we are better than everybody else, and we need to prove it. It's supremacy and it's just hatred of another person, tribalism. And I think we could fix the world by genuinely teaching people how to love each other and be compassionate about one another. No, if somebody's struggling and they need, you know, we've seen, like, the shoplifting go up the last sort of three to six months. What's the the biggest thing that people are shoplifting? Nappies, toilet roll, baby food. Yeah. Right? So if you need to go and steal to feed your family, instead of what the fucking flag shaggers with the union jacks want today is go these fucking scumbags and they come here to this country and then they become criminals we're letting criminals into your country or like these scumbags just want to steal benefits and blah 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 it's like no look these people are trying to, they're having to resort to crime to take care of the basics in life food shelter and i mean is that a lot to ask for like healthcare, education like i don't i don't get it but it comes from a place of hatred. Yeah. Like, they they genuinely are, or no hatred. Like, I think there'll be people out there that don't hate normal working class people, but they think that they are better than them. Yeah. And it, so, as a negative, you know, like ego, I am better than you. So that's my philosophy in life, and um, I don't even know why we, I got into that. Though, <laughs> why I was talking about that? What were we talking about?
1: <sighs> I stopped, I said I was going to cave somebody's throat in with
2: self-defence I sorry, I was talking to somebody and, and I was saying I was having a bit of a backwards and forwards and I said to this guy through a Twitter DM, like, don't fucking talk to me like that. And like, oh I your philosophy about, like, l- peace and love and that'll fix the planet and, like, we need humanitarian, we need, like, a humanistic political party that's basically, like, human first, planet first, take care of the environment, take care of the people in the environment and things will kind of take care of themselves and i was like "Aye, but look mate i won't let people threaten me just you know what i mean like just because i've went and i've trained in martial arts and and i believe i know how to take care of myself or at least handle myself i'm not gonna let somebody speak disrespect me in a certain way because people like that who are bullies who want to be bullies if you let them do that they will do it to you so like I didn't say to the guy, don't fucking speak to me like that because I wanted to fight him. I told him not to speak to me like that because I won't stand for people speaking to me like that. And if they then escalate it to like who you fucking talking to, then I will, my next step will be, I can handle myself, so let's not do this. Yeah. Because I'm not saying that I'll be, I'm going to all you, I'll fucking butter you or whatever. It's no that. Like, I, I'm no that arrogant to think I can butter anybody. But what I do know is, is that if we get into a fight, probably both of us are going to get hurt. And I don't want to hurt you. I don't feel good about that. I've never felt a bit good about that whenever that's happened in my life. So, but if you want to escalate this and you're going to threaten me, I'm going to stand up for myself. Yeah. It's a different thing. If you can walk away, walk away like you did. But if you had been uh, sorry, big man, don't hurt me. That guy would have seen that as weakness and would have probably have escalated, like chased you. Do you know what I mean? Like, the amount of times even when I was, like, a wee guy and somebody would, like, run up to you, like, chasing you and you just stood there and they would run up and get close to you and just stop and be like, uh, eh, we are they here. It's mental. Do you know what yeah. I mean? You're just stawning your ground and it's no... I don't see that as being violent or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I wouldn't be violent towards people, but aye, it was just that sort of, like, oh, I thought you were into, like, all oh, Buddhism and... Love and meditation and all that, and then you're fucking saying to people who you're talking to, and like I didn't say who you're talking to. I said don't speak to me like that. That's a boundary. Yeah, you know what I mean. And you know whether it be fucking a UFC champion or whatever, I would say the same thing. I'd be like, don't speak to me like that. And if they were like, who you talking to, I'll let you. But like, quite possibly. Yeah. But I'm just telling you, like, I won't stand for you fucking speaking to me like that. It's just as simple as that. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's just boundaries. So. I get it, mate. But your rant—it's not a rant at all. I'm sure people will appreciate listening to it. They always do. So I'm happy to hear that you're in back then boxing training. You're doing some some form of a training, mate. And yeah. hopefully, I can—I don't know—we can find a day. We can go up together and just yeah see how things pan out.
1: And I'm not going to get obsessed with it. it. Won't be every day. It will be once or twice a week, and it will be walking every other day. But you know what? I feel better already, man. I feel I feel great. So, there we go. Um, Have we got much time for another subject? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got a couple of things here, mate, that I'd like to just bring up. Aye. You know how you're talking about the madness of people getting steaming and stuff? Mm-hmm. I went to a gig the other night at the Carlin Academy. Why? Oh, I was just like... What kind of gig? People are fucked, man. Mark Jennings got in touch, and he's like, I've got a spare ticket to go and see Mark Normand. Oh, brilliant, man. He was at the... comedy,
2: The O2. I don't even know that man, That's I, I find that weird. There's these guys that you pure love their content, love their comedy and it's like, oh, I feel Vaughn was at the academy three nights ago and you're like, how the fuck did I know about that? But Mark that, Norman's a great comedian, mate, and quite, he, I think he's one of the ones who skirts that line really well of being sorta of not politically correct, but keeping it politically correct. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And he does really well, but he's really smart. Well, it was awful. What his stand-up was awful. Right, or the so crowd, the crowd was awful. Both. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I agree with you. Right, I think
1: see out of that entire bunch of comedians, you've got like Bulba,
2: wh- who is the best. He's the goat. Then I would say you've got like Tom Segura and Bert Chrysler that are that they're in that next level of yeah. people
1: and i would say mark is definitely top five or top ten right he's he's very intelligent but for some fucking reason he's came and done a gig at the carlin right after releasing a special at the netflix on netflix so he never had a new show he came out with an ipad mate, and a pad and he put it on a chair and he was doing new material Right. Wow. So sees on tour on tour, mate. Sees opener. He's opener. Poor guy. By the way, I'm sure if it was in any other circumstances, he would have smashed it. His opener went up and fucking died on his
2: arse. Do you know man. what his opener was called? Can't remember? No, remember. Guy from
1: Boston, and he died on his arse a belter. And me and Mark just kind of Mark Jennings, my best pal, you know, kind of looked at each other and was just like. There's, a, there's an energy in here. Right, uh huh. So then Mark went up and. Not Jennings? Aye. No, my best pal, Mark Jennings, sold at the Kings last year, my best mate, and all that. No, that Mark. Um, Mark Norman. Uh huh. And, you know, for 20, maybe 25 minutes, he was all right. And I was like, this is nice. It's good to see him. And then we, about 25 minutes ago, to go, uh, again me and Jennings looked at each other and we were like that cunt's not getting any material left and he tried to wing it he tried to wing the rest of it and then stupidly he fucking opened it up to the crowd so he what do you he, mean how did he do that he tried to start a Q and a has
2: anybody got any questions oh man! has anybody got any subjects that's alright after an hour of comedy see if you somebody's paid I mean how much were the tickets 25, 30 quid I think so right if you've charge people 30 quid to come and see you on a a world tour right mm-hmm. he's coming for america so a transatlantic at least but i'd imagine um he's, he's probably doing like australia and stuff like that as well if you're opening up to a q a because you've run out of material mate i think that's disgraceful i think that's a, i think you're actually ripping people off
0: yeah
1: it, and i actually i left a comment on his on his tiktok he released a clip not a glasgow and I was like, mate, I love your stuff, and I think you're an, an amazing comedian, but that was... Lazy. That was insane tonight. Uh-huh.
2: So he opened that up to the crowd for a QA. Yeah,
1: so you need to keep in mind, right? See, my opinion is quite different with Joe Rogan, right? Joe Rogan changed my life to certain points. Me too. I mm-hmm. I, I started taking vitamins because of him. I found out bit fasting... I I even became a vegan because of Rogan because he had a guest on that was a vegan and I was like, I love that fucking chat. Rick, um, Rick something his name is, can't even remember. But Rogan seems to have bred this fucking
2: odd Trump-like following. it's It's called men going their own way. So it's started out by... Things like you're talking about, um, it started out with like, people smoking weed, people getting into jiu-jitsu, people starting to intermittent fast, listening to people like uh, Rhonda, Rhonda Patrick about like the gut biome, and, and then it got mega 2016, and it, it I'm not talking about, so I'm not going to say grift. Because a grift is a deliberate shift, right? So somebody's grifting, they're deliberately shifting, usually for financial reasons, a la Russell Brand, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or to protect yourself when the Me Too comes calling and you, you make yourself oh, bulletproof yeah. by moving yourself via uh, a progressive left-wing audience to a uh, anti-establishment, anti-vaccine, anti-COVID, anti-trans, you know, right-wing. Which I, th- I don't think that that's slander in any way, shape, or form, but it didn't grift, but it not for some reason it moved to this sort of Jordan Peterson sort of. But they call it men going their own way because it is like crypto. So it's guys that don't, you know, like they don't work ninety fives, they don't eat a three meal a day diet, you know, like they have went their own way. They've decided mm-hmm. to shun quote-unquote a normal life and go down this path of like being different and that's where i think that that's what they're calling the rogan stuff and they called them the intellectual dark web like people who are intellectual who are out there basically like you know if you were to go back to 2017 for instance and go and watch jordan peterson's second interview with joe rogan he sat there and said that he cured his depression with meat and salt so he was only consuming beef Grass-fed beef, salt, and water. But then, what? Well, did they talk about this? What they don't tell you is, is that he ended up fucked because. Of yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And so it's so all this like carnival diet, and you know, like so they're calling it men going their own way. So sorry, I that that's the sort of movement that you're talking about. So there's all these guys, and then there's people like Mark Norman and Shane Gillis, who are the shock comics so they'll get people wanting to do you know what i mean and i can't even imagine what this q a was like he'll get people asking outrageous questions mate
1: well thank you for explaining all that to me by the way because i've never heard any of that before and it sums it up perfectly i don't know what the carlin academy holds maybe a thousand people 12 to 1400 people i would say 85 percent of the crowd there have never been to a gig before in their life.
2: Yeah, so this is something another thing, into it? It's like people have found stand-up comedy and now it's like an internet crowd, mm-hmm. so like TikTok and YouTube crowd, going to these comedy gigs, wanting to be wild, get pushed like they're at a gig, like yeah. they're at a music gig and be like rowdy, mm-hmm. but they need to sit down, shut up and watch a show and they can't do it. Yeah.
1: So, you're talking about Alcohol steaming. I mean, you're looking around and you're like, it's an evolution chart of fucking Joe Rogans. Every cunt's bald, <laughs> solid, right? You know, aye. and I mean, some of the stuff. I mean, I must say, I was pretty disappointed with Mark Norman as well. I know it's probably the American humor, but he had a couple of jokes that were racist, and I was like, that is flat out just racism, and I don't give a fuck what anybody says to me. That is that is no joke. And it was very stereotypical offensive as well. Like, like, I know you all hear the Irish jokes and all that, but you had one about Indian people, mate, and it was just like, what the fuck is this, man? Is this a Jim Davidson gig? Uh-huh.
0: Like all people, pure, ha, <laughs> ha,
1: yes, yes, he's doing it, look. That's another thing that was really disappointing. It was the response to it as well. Uh-huh. Like a really, it was like someone doing an Asian accent right? Mm-hmm. It's just it's offensive, right? But it's no funny and then it's like you slapping your legs, cackling at it and you're like that's like a child today in a joke uh-huh. so it was like that stuff but see some of the shit, he opened it up for a and a and it was so rowdy, he couldn't hear what they were saying, so it was just chaos, he couldn't even get a a, a question or anything uh-huh. the homophobic screaming
2: that was like coming Am I allowed to say the word? Aye, mate. Why well, you not? Know, we're no monetising YouTube, so it's alright.
1: Yeah, and obviously I'm no being offensive because I'm just
2: saying the word. But if pe- you d- 57, I'll take a note. If you if you decide gonna take that, it will take it. Okay? I'll spell it. What about that? No, just say it. And I can bleep it. <laughs> right. Okay. Wow. So what was what was the context of that? A guy just standing at the back,
1: screaming the words as loud as he can. More than once, about ten times. Then, obviously, people were screaming shite about Celtic and Rangers. And uh, me and Jennings couldn't get out quick enough, mate. He's, you could tell towards the end, Normand was like, fuck. Right. And he's like, ah, right, guys, I've kept you long enough. Thank you so much. And uh, me and Jennings jumped up and walking out, and people were saying that there was booing at the end,
2: mate. Aye, people like that was shout. Aye. Wow. I mean this is it, mate. This is the world that we live in. Yeah. There's, there's, this is what they've enabled. You know what I mean? And people are like, and I've had, and I have had people, comedians in this room. Why can I not say that? Why can I not say that word? Why can I not say, because you're making a joke about it and you're thinking that it's, I mean, comedy subjective, right? It's like music, you know, Mm. one guy thinks that one joke's hilarious. I don't think it's hilarious, right? I get that but this is what it enables. People think that because other people joke about it, they can joke about it, but they're actually racist, homophobic, you know, transphobic, Um, yeah, like, hate say, disa- don't hate disabled people, but why I laugh at disabled people. Yeah. I want to say that word, how can I not say that word? Because, that's why, because then you get idiots like that at the back that want to throw F-bombs, or how can I not say the N-word? black people can say they can say how can i not say you're no fucking black mate yeah that's it end of like you know what i mean like i just don't i'm i'm like i'm sorry like i'm really sorry that you're disappointed or that we're disagreeing on something Mm -hmm. but i just i I just can't get on board with that and actually if you are relying on sexist homophobic racist jokes you're a shit comedian you are a shit comedian and exactly. that's it. It is the lowest bot. It's the bottom of the barrel, mate. Yeah. It's just the lowest form of what is to pick on somebody's race or sexuality. Like you know, write some real jokes or fuck off. So why I feel about it? Absolutely, mate.
1: And see all these people moaning about it and saying that why can I not say this and why can I no joke about it? First and foremost, you're no funny.
2: Well, right? do you know what I would say to that? Like you're you're talking about like how can I not say that? You can. Yeah. You can if you can't deal with the internal shame of me telling you that I don't think that that's funny or I think that that's racist and that makes you feel a certain way then that feeling that you're feeling is right Yeah, and it should be a barometer for you to realise that you're wrong rather than the misinterpretation of that feeling and then attacking the person that's telling you I don't think that you should be joking about that Mark Norman, like this is the thing this is the weird thing about this they're like, we can't can't say it, we'll get cancelled, Mark Norman just sold it to 1,400 people in Glasgow and said all that, st- and that all that stuff was said. Yep. Has he been cancelled? No, has he fucked? He's still getting his money, still yep. on a world tour, same with Louis CK, same with them all, like, you know, but, it's just this, like, I, I, th- I just think that we should be able to say anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, well, you can say what you like, but there will be consequences to your words. It's no the, it's, it's, it's that that you don't like you want to be able to say whatever you like without any consequences without any shame and yeah. uh, that's just not gonna happen i don't think well that's what i've noticed about these comedians right first and
1: foremost i would like to say can, try and be funny without saying any of that and they won't be funny mate like these are cunts that are gone up and down on their arse like they can't they get five minutes at red raw and they won't even do well at red raw see if you don't smash a red raw at, at the glasgow stand on a tuesday you're no funny no it's all right if it's your first 10 gigs and you're nervous and you've never done it before see if you've been gigging all the time and you go to the glasgow stand on a tuesday night and you struggle you are shite there's no other excuse they that's a crowd that want you today well uh-huh like i've went up once with a fucking tangerine and i was improving with a fucking tangerine before and cunts were laughing as a prop do you know what i mean it's nobody can die or you shouldn't die in your ass at Red Raw, but then they'll take these subjects and they'll be like, "How come you can't do this? And how can you can't do that? You can, you can, you can if you you, want. you can do it. Uh-huh. But you're also not talented. You're not funny. Uh huh. Like that's why it's no funny. I mean, even I mean, even if Bill Burr went up and done it, it, it takes somebody like Bill Burr to make it funny, and he's a genius, and even he wouldn't fucking do it. So, why would some wee cunt on 30 gigs fucking go up and do it? It's mental, mate. But, I and another thing, see the uh, Glasgow, the Carlin Academy, it's a fucking shithole. It's a terrible gig for stand-up for, for comedy. For comedy, it's horrific, mate. Aye, horrible, I mean, it's mate. not a
2: great venue for music either. Yeah. But it, that type of theatre show like that, like, it's, I don't know, man. There's yep. something about there's something about, like, the kings in the pavilion where people come in and they sit down yeah. and they know the drill, they're in a theatre and there's, like, a, the show starting five minutes, you know, like, calm down everybody and, you know, the music's quite low, yeah. and, but the, the the house lights go up, you can see everybody, but when you're in the academy, it's dark. It's cold. cold. It's I mean, It's not comfortable. It's an uncomfortable environment yep. and I don't know why people use it for comedy. I've never, I've, I've, I've I, I don't, I've been to a couple of spoken word things, I've been to one stand-up there, and you're like, this is weird. Yeah. I mean, Phil feel feel Vaughn did it a couple of years ago,
1: and supposedly didn't sell well. Tim Dillon did it a year and a half ago, and it was shite. So, they're all fucking pals. How come they're not like, don't they it? Because it was fucking shite, mate. Like... Aye, I was pretty fucking gutted to be honest. Aye. Pretty gutted because I love stand-up comedy.
2: I'll always Aye. love it. And these guys are at the yeah, they're at the top end of this, really. You know, everybody that you mentioned there's got a Netflix special. Mm-hmm. They're coming over here for America. They're on a, a you know, they're on a world tour. This yeah. is like the pinnacle of stand-up comedy right now. Yeah, and they can't even come out in the day forty-five minutes or fifty minutes of like material with just, the absolute cheek of that cunt to charge that for a ticket
1: and to walk on with an iPad, man. That is, he should be ashamed of himself, by the way. That is robbery. Like, no, I mean. that, you fucking robbed us. I mean, Jennings <laughs> paid my ticket, so. Your best uh, pal. Aye, my, my new best mate. But, aye, gutted, man. Well, we up, Bill? We're going to, have we done an hour? Aye, we're going to wrap, but just a wee quick promotion. The next funny bunch. It's £25 at the Carlin Academy. Uh, <laughs> no, the next funny bunch is Sunday the 15th of October, right? And tickets are available on Ticket Scotland. It's The sales are doing really well, and we're going to cap it at 100, so I would uh, imagine that it might sell out before the night. I'm not putting up a discount code for tickets. I'm just going to be brutally honest here. I've no, I never earned any money for it for the last two two. Funny bunches. Mm-hmm. I've earned enough to pay everybody and cover costs, but I'm no I never earned a wage. Aye, that, you can't be doing that. So
2: mate. please don't do that. Yeah,
1: and you know the fact that it's nine pound a ticket, where a pound charge is—that's you saving money. That should be the discount code. So we've got Liam Dolan, who is essentially one of the main cast members in the pavilion. He's done Frankie and Josie Live. He's in the Christmas pavilion and he's a stand-up c- comedian. When he does solo shows, you're talking about £25 a ticket. Then in the middle, we've got Richard Brown. T- B- Richard Brown, who is a outside-the-box stand-up comedian. Very funny, good guy, doing well for himself. He just did the a comedy festival in Finland, like three months ago Ooh, love the, that. then after him we've got the wee man remember him new yep. 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 youtube sensation yep he, he's always been a stand-up comedian and actor and he's returning to stand-up so he's going to be doing a gig and then headliner we've got martin nelson now martin nelson's then the kings next year he's done a show a solo show and he's done BBC Scotland and stuff. So that is an unbelievable lineup of stand-up comedy for £10. Ticket Scotland trips. So there we go. Um what else am I gonna say? We covered some serious subjects there, so obviously back on side, yep. mental health, addiction, you know, all that stuff. I've said it a hundred times. Get on back on side, Google back on side and you'll get numbers for like Alcoholics Anonymous and all that stuff. Um, and I, that's me covered everything, mate.
2: Sounds like somebody's started to break in, so we'll, yes. we'll go. that's the wind hitting the door. No, it's somebody trying to come in. Oh, is it? Hi. Uh, <laughs>
1: right, okay. Right, troops, thank you very much, Paul. Thank you for your help. Thank you, mate. Buff marked massive. Ah, get out of here, farther. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.